Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to the following on podcast and talk sport. I'm John Norman and alongside me, as ever, Steve Harmison, looking back at another ridiculous game of international cricket, this time involving Australia and Pakistan. And it's going to be Australia that play New Zealand in the final of the T20 World Cup in 2021 after they pretty much did what New Zealand did and uh, roared back from the dead. Uh, thanks to two players that probably wouldn't have been mentioned in dispatches at the start of the tournament. Uh, Plenty to discuss on a day that individually uh, Pakistan dazzled, but as a collective, it was Australia uh, that got through in the end. Uh, You're listening to the following on podcast. So if you're listening, you, uh, I know, probably know that uh, it's Australia uh, who are through to play New Zealand in the uh, T20 World Cup final, an incredible game of cricket, um, uh, which saw Australia win the toss and win the game for the fifth time in this tournament, unbeaten when chasing. Uh, but they had to do it the hard way. Mohamed Rizwan really played beautiful cricket, 67 from 52 balls at the top of the order, putting on 79 or 71 with Babar Azam for the first wicket. And um, after Azam went, Zaman. Uh, it took a while to get going, but uh, a couple of sixes in the last over saw him past 50. And uh, Pakistan walked off with what looked like a, a competitive score, 176 for four. Um, Aaron Finch then departed in the first over. What an over from Shaheen Shafridi, trapping the Aussie skipper first ball that he faced. Very next ball, Mitchell Marsh coming so close to being given out LBW. Um, and uh, and then it was over to Marsh and Warner on the counter-attack at the power play. Australia were favourites to win the match. Marsh then went and uh, that set in wheels or, or set in motion. Um, a period of play where Australia seemed to be falling further and further behind. But with Warner still at the crease at the 10-over stage, they still were just about in position. 
Warner then went first ball after the drinks break. How often do we see that happen? Although given caught behind, so not to have even touched the ball. Incredible. He went for 49. Smith had already gone by then for five. Maxwell, when he holed out on the reverse sweep for seven, it looked uh, all over. 13th over, 96 for five. And then up stepped uh, Marcus Stoinis, who hit 40, really got the innings back underway. And Matthew Wade, who finished it. Three sixes from the penultimate over successive balls. And Australia made it. So uh, plenty to dissect, as ever, here on the following on podcast. Story of the day. Well, I think, Harm, if there's one thing that we're going to learn from this tournament is that you, you never, ever rule out the team batting second. It was almost a, a mirror image of what we saw yesterday. Australia needing two a ball from the last uh, five or six overs, um, and they got them with an over to spare. Spare a thought, though, for Hassan Ali. I dread to think what is being said about him in Pakistan right now, because in that 19th over, the game really in the balance. Shaheen Afridi comes on to bowl. He gets an inside edge, which just drops short of Rizwan first ball. Second ball is a dot or maybe a single. Um, And then Matthew Wade toe ends one and Hassan Ali, Ali drops it. Two runs added to the score. And that just gives Wade the kind of belief it's his day, doesn't it? He swings for the hills. He ramps on over his shoulder. And before you know it, three sixes and Pakistan are out. Yeah, you feel for, for Hassan Ali because he was getting some stick before this game as well because of, you know, his place was his place was in jeopardy. There was talking about it. Even the captain, Babar Azam, said in the last, what, 72 hours, said any team my captain will have Hassan Ali in it because he trusts his man, bowling at the death. And look, anybody can drop a catch. It was... I wouldn't say it was a, a difficult, difficult chance. He was with the pressure of the, of the occasion. You know, he was running in. He was off balance a little bit. Hands were outside of him. He wasn't fully sort of set. And, you know, he's got a base to sort of get his hands either or make a decision, go, you know, fingers up or fingers in your reverse cup, like the Aussies do for their catching. Um, and he shells it. And all of a sudden, we've gone from, like we've seen in the last sort of 24 hours, that a guy that is comfortable bowling at the death when he feels as though he's under pressure, he can do weird and wonderful things with a mind. And look, full credit to, you know, you can talk about Hassan Ali as much as you want, but full credit to, to Matty Weird, you know, somebody who I didn't think it had it in him. When I looked at the balance of this side, I didn't believe Matthew Weird was the man I thought would have been the, the go-to man for the gloves at number seven. That balances the side out. But, He's in a Freedy who has bowled beautifully in this tournament so far. I think was it two overs for ten. He's ended up with four overs for thirty-five, mm-hmm. and he's come down to hitting two ninety-three mile an hour, which would have been Yorkers over his shoulder, over the wicketkeeper's head for six. And that to win a cricket match, any cricket match would be amazing. But to semi-final of a World T Twenty to get you into the final, who you are you are out of the game less than forty-five minutes earlier. That is that is some doing. So congratulations to Matty Weird. Congratulations to Australia. Spare a thought for Hassan Ali. Um, and to be fair, Pakistan a little bit like England. Before overs to go, I think they were they were making plans for Sunday's final. Yeah, absolutely. And when you look at the scorecards, you know, very often in a game of T20 cricket, you only need two players, maybe three, to win a game. 
Um, Mohamed Rizwan, brilliant at the top of the order, 67. You know, Babrazam played really nicely as well. It was important Pakistan got off to a good start. They, they were, of course, disserviced by the fact they had to bat first. And then Zaman, you know, just showed presence of mind not to, uh, not to, to freak out when it wasn't happening for him uh, in the first three or four overs that he'd have faced and then really hit out. And then with the ball, I mean, what a first over from uh, Shaheen Shafridi. I mean, that was an incredible over. Uh, very close to getting Mitchell Marsh first ball. And then Shadab Khan. I mean, blimey, four for 26. And you end up on the losing side. So you've essentially got five players that have absolutely nailed what they needed to nail. And they still end up on the losing side. It's uh, it's it's incredible. Um, there were some there were some big moments along the way. Um, I thought that Adam Zampa bowled really nicely. I thought that um, you know, I I didn't think that Pakistan targeted and really got as much out of Australia's fifth bowler. You know that uh, Mitchell Marsh, Glenn Maxwell, Marcus Stoinis kind of situation. I don't think they really um, capitalised on that. I mean, Stoinis didn't actually bowl. Um, maybe that's something they'll look back on. You know, when you've when you've got, I mean, I know they lost four wickets in the end, but essentially they were 143 for for one in the 18th over. Sometimes that scorecard, I find that scorecard sends a few worries to me. It means that maybe they've been a little bit not negative. I don't think they played negative, cautious. I think that they're a little bit cautious, you know, if you've only lost one wicket, really, you should be looking at 160. You should be at tens and over by then. It wasn't a terrible track. But in the end, it's that never, never say die attitude from Australia. The same. I mean, it wasn't quite like the New Zealand one where that one over from Jimmy Nishan completely turned the game. You know, they needed, essentially needed 12 and over for the last four overs. And they backed themselves to get it, and they had two, they had two set batsmen. Um, yeah, they need a little bit of luck, but I, I thought I thought it was a terrific game of of T Twenty cricket. I did feel for Pakistan. You know, that's the first time they've lost a game in the tournament. They were, as I say, on the wrong end of the toss. But the way Warner came out, the way that they oversaw that first couple of overs from Shaheen Afridi, um, Mitchell Marsh played his part. Marcus Stoinis, it's this has been a semi-final about the t- the guys that we didn't really talk about before the series. But saying that, you did have Australia as your dark horses, and once again, you've been proved correct. Yeah, I did. I thought they'd get because, like, the reason why I didn't have New Zealand in my final four was because I had Pakistan and India in that group on them surfaces. I just thought they would be too good for it the reason why I had Australia is the balance of the side if they picked the right side, which they did more often than not in the seven games they've played, six games they've played so far, that had a little bit of a brainwave and tried to pick uh, Ashton Hagar and completely knocked the balance of the side. Once the one, you know, common sense prevailed, then they were a well-balanced side um, and they looked uh, a decent outfit. And looking at the, the group that they were in, I thought they were a no-brainer for finishing second behind England because... I fully expected the West Indies to be a shambles. I didn't think South African cricket was at the state. The World T20 was, wasn't quite ready for, you know, South African cricket weren't quite ready for the World T20. There was still probably six months, maybe a year away from being a force because of a lot of politics that go with it. So for the same reason as I didn't, I thought there was two better sides in their group for New Zealand. I didn't see anybody else being anywhere near England other than maybe Australia being the best of the bad bunch. 
and now we're looking at this group. And when I look at this game in isolation, and it, it comes back to there was there was only one team like yesterday. You know, with four overs to go, there was only one team winning it. Sixty-two or four overs. That's what the equation was. One fifteen for five of sixteen overs. Australia were. And you can you, know, you can make excuses about Pakistan being cautious. Pakistan not sort of getting a big enough score. I actually think Pakistan with with three or four overs to go knew that one seven five was a, a total that we could defend. We could defend 175 in the UAE when we are 18 from 18 in the UAE. Was it 18 from 18? I think it was in the UAE in 2020 cricket. We'll defend 175 with a unit we've got. Not a problem. Not a problem whatsoever. I'm, I'm, com- I'm absolutely convinced that was the thought process in that dressing room. If we get 175, if we go hell for leather now, 140 for one, and go bang, 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 get out and end up being 150 for seven, those will get this. If we get 175, we'll win. Because more often than not, when we've been in this situation before, in the UAE, in 2020 situations, we have defended it. Not a problem. And I think that's probably what Pakistan were thinking. And they were, again, like England, and over away from from potentially being in, being in the final. And it just shows that batting second in this tournament, understanding the situation, you know, reading the bowlers and waiting for that one over to explode, um, you you win you win chasing. And uh, the one thing I worry about going forward is that New Zealand against Australia, it could be a toss game. It literally could be the team that wins the toss wins a match. And that for me would sour this tournament because we haven't had many good games in this tournament go all the way down to the wire. But what we've had is two unbelievable semi-finals who have mirrored each other. And I just hope that it isn't the case that it's a win the toss, win the final. Because I, I, that would be a, a poor end to a, what has been a, a good back end of this tournament. What is going to happen tomorrow? We're going to do a, an extended what's going to happen tomorrow here because, of course, uh, this is the final following on podcast before the final. Uh, which you'll be able to follow on Talk Sport with uh, Guy Swindles providing updates throughout the afternoon. So, um, I mean, you just made mention of it there, the toss you you, you expect is going to be crucial. I mean, I saw one Australian journalist who um, is one of the podcast team. Um, as soon as they saw Australia had won, she tweeted, well, we're through to the final. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it's as simple as that. Yeah. Let's... Um, that we don't know who's going to win the toss. But as these teams match up, how do you see it? How do you see it? Oh, Devon Conway ruled out, by the way, after punching his bat, after getting out. That's a massive blow for them because he provided, um, you know, a, a, a marvellous innings that got that kept them in the frame against England. So I, I imagine Seifert might come in. But essentially, this is... Um, they match up quite well, these two teams. You'd have to say that Australia will, of course, be favourites. New Zealand will, of course, be underdogs. But I, I just wonder, possibly, whether Eve Sodi and Mitch Santner might play more of a role in this game than we saw against England. Yeah, I think so. I think they will play more of a, a role against England. I think they're looking at the sides, and it worries me. It does worry me that the toss is going to be so crucial. The toss is going to be so crucial on you know the baron of where this game 
this this final goes. Uh, I hope it's not a one not not so much a one sided final, but a, a crucial toss win, and then you you win the match. I think that would be a poor end to a, what has been, like I said, a, a good back end of the tournament. I look at the sides. Well, similar at the top, you know, Guptal and um, Guptal and Mitchell against Finch and Warner. Very, very similar. If you if you took Warner and Guptal together, the two power power players of difference. You know, Guptal, big tall man, stands there and just goes hard at it, hits it over the top. Where you know Warner, yeah, you know, a little bit, obviously a lot shorter, looks you know square of the wicket, hits the ball into the ground and hits the ball through the field with good pace and picks the ball well up over the leg side. Mitchell and you know, yeah, Finch can can do a similar job to, to Guptal, and you've seen what happened with Mitchell, the confidence that he'll give that's going forward. Smith against Williamson will be the matchup from a batting point of view. You know, Smith hasn't really fired. You know, Williamson's been in and out for his standards in this tournament, I would say. Um, and then for me, then it comes down to that middle order. And that middle order of Australia looks a lot stronger than the middle order of of um, can can Jimmy Neesham come off again? You know, can he come off again? Um, and you've you the likes of Marcus Stornis, all this stuff for Glenn. I just don't see this Glenn Maxwell. I really don't. I'm a I'm I sit here in amazement that he goes for millions and millions of dollars in the IPL. He plays a good innings, and then he has four or five shockers. I hope he has a good innings because I want to see, you know, I want to see something explosive because when he comes off, he's breathtaking. But I don't see, I just don't see Maxwell at all. I really don't. He's, he's somebody I think a lot of a lot of bowlers, quick bowlers of my generation would love to bowl at. Um, but yeah, he's there and he can change the game in a, in a 10 ball blast. But at this minute in time, I looked at this, he, he wanted to get seven off 10 balls. He looked all at sea against uh, against Pakistan, and if that's where for me, that's where you get Santner and Sodi into the party and into the game, because he's got all the sweeps and all the reverse sweeps. But at the minute, they just seem to be going straight up in the air towards the fielder, and he doesn't get anywhere near the boundary. So that could be somewhere where the, the, the spin bowlers come into the equation. And I look at the bowling attacks, and I think they're very, very equally matched. This the experience. And the, the the skill level of Saudi, yeah, Cummins. Here's what had a little bit of a shocker. I look at this, you know, the, the, this this Australia bowling unit, and you just look at and you think Stark was poor. Yeah, you know, he was. He got two wickets, but I thought he was he was relatively poor. Here's what was poor in this game: not for forty nine of four. They're not going to drop them. They won a semi final, so they're going to go on play. And I just wonder if that's where New Zealand can cash in because. I don't think the the Australian Australian bowlers are very very good on paper, but I don't think they're as they're as hitting their straps as what the the New Zealand bowlers are. So all in all, in that, I actually put New Zealand as favourites. You've talked to, you've talked yourself around. Yeah, I think I think New Zealand are favourites because their bowling attack, in my opinion, are bowling better. They're not a better bowling attack than Australia. Well, they're actually got, bowling better at the got, moment. Yeah, than the New Zealand Australia. Australia have got one more. I mean, essentially, New Zealand would have had Santner coming in where Matthew Wade came in today. Yeah. Um, but of course, New Zealand have got five out and out bowlers, haven't they? Whereas Australia is still making up one out of Star, um, uh, Maxwell and, uh, and Stoinis and, um, and but like, Marsh. But like we said yesterday, though, John, 
this team, this New Zealand team, know their roles. Yeah. And they know the 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 basically put a lot of pressure on their roles that their batsmen do their job and the bowlers do their job. They don't wait. They don't, if, if, if Santner has to get them out of trouble, then they're in real trouble. Where Weird has got Australia out of trouble one too many times for me in this tournament. And if he has to get them out of trouble again in the final, Matty Weird, against this bowling attack of New Zealand, then I think New Zealand win the, win the World T20. Well, we shall see. There will be a podcast following the game. Guy Swindles and Steve Harmison. I'm heading off to New Zealand on Saturday. So, um, yeah, expect... Uh, I always pick up the accent when I'm out there. So I'll, I'll be sounding like I'm a Kiwi by the start of December. Um, but Harmy, brilliant stuff. Uh, we're heading over to the YouTube channel. Uh, but Harmy will be back on Sunday following the action. It's Australia against uh, New Zealand, a trans-Tasman T20 World Cup final. What a tongue twister that is. Uh, but for now, thanks for listening. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.